Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in to D Bronx Podcast, uh, your home uh, for all things uh, Broncos uh, as far as the fan perspective goes. We don't pretend to be experts here. We are fans just like you listeners, and we like to provide a little bit of the fan perspective and relate a little more with the fan perspective uh, than, uh, than maybe the mainstream media uh, or even uh, other admittedly great Broncos podcasts out there. Um, so yeah, that's that's who we are. Uh, my name is Awesome. Joined here with Ian. How you doing, Ian? Can't complain too much other than lost games. Well, that is true. Uh, we can complain. Um, and we damn will. it, we're going to. We're going to. <laughs> that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do right now. Um, sure. We're going to complain. Uh, We'll provide some silver linings and stuff as well, but there's definitely some complaining to do, uh, unfortunately, especially is coming off of that uh, great, 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 great Broncos victory in Dallas um, just a week before. Man, we thought we thought things were we thought that was kind of the the turning point for the team, the turning point for the offense, the turning point for everything. And, uh, and of course the, you know, one of the big talking points is, uh, is a very specific non tackle, uh, that <laughs> happened this week, uh, against Philadelphia at home. Um, so yeah, so, you know, let's, let's not beat around the bush here. Unfortunately, our co-host, uh, Kevin could not be with us, uh, on this episode. Um, oh, but, geez. uh, He's currently walking his dog. Well, I'm not sure he may. I mean, it's it's pretty late out there now. So yeah. He's probably. If we had started earlier when we were intending to, but it's so we're recording this on Tuesday, the uh, the 16th of November, and yeah, and let's not beat around the bush. The the Broncos got beat badly at home, which has been a trend a trend in the uh, in the Vic Fangio area. Did you know this, Ian? In in less than three years, in less than three years uh, yeah, I know. of Vic Fangio being a coach, the Broncos have suffered eight double-digit losses at home. And that has not happened in any three-year stretch since the 1960s, since yeah. the first decade of the Broncos' existence. And I – if I – and if I'm if I'm correct, I think under Vic Fangio we've lost thirteen home games. Unreal. We're we've completely lost the home field advantage, and so yeah. much of that has to do with the, the coaching staff and Vic Fangio's inability to consistently get the team prepared every week. Of course, they were prepared last week against the Cowboys. It's not to say that he is never able to, but he is never consistent about it it's like it's like you know kind of my argument uh you know throughout the throughout the you know year and a half two years with drew lock it's not that he couldn't have a good game but he couldn't consistently have a good game same thing we're seeing right. with Vic Fangio. he can't consistently prepare the team uh to succeed and to excel and <clears throat> you hate to you, you don't want to blame the coaching staff for everything but these kind of things, culture starts at the top. You know, the culture of the team starts at the top. And so um, the coaching staff rightfully has a lot to blame. And I don't think, you know, we're not we're not saying anything to any any Broncos fans that's news. You know, this is this is everyone is in, in the know that no, I don't think I don't think I've talked to a single Broncos fan uh, or even heard of a single Broncos fan that's like, no, yeah, I definitely want to bring back Fangio or I definitely want Pat Shermer and that offensive staff continuing to run the offense because we know we have ta- talent on this team, both on offense and defense. And it's just criminally underutilized or, you know, it's criminal the ways that we're not able to put them in positions to succeed. Um but anyways, um, exactly. I mean, I mean you, go ahead. I want to get some of your thoughts. Go ahead. You got to look at what what the Denver Broncos did against, you know, a, a far superior team with with the Cowboys, way, uh, way more talented team than um, way more talented than the Eagles, Dallas. <laughs> yeah, 
What did we what did we do in that game? Oh, let me think. Uh we rushed for 190 yards. Yep, 191. I know, right? And it's uh, great. So against the Eagles. We did not. How many times did Javante Williams run the ball? Eight times. Eight times. Eight. That's he should have at least double that. That's that's criminal. Like, that's insane. Like, this guy is Melvin Gordon, I think, is a good back. <clears throat> but I he he doesn't got what Javante Williams has. Nobody does. I mean, yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, this is like this is like a a little a little Derrick Henry, dude. He might, yeah. he, he might he might even be a meaner runner than Derrick Henry. He to this point, I mean, obviously small sample size, but breaks tackles at a higher rate. But again, Derrick Henry's Derrick Henry. It's way too early to get there. But man, the early returns have been fantastic. I mean, you know he what? never down on first contact. He just doesn't do it. You know what sucks about why we just why you just said we have a small sample size. Because they don't because we're use not using him. Because <laughs> he only ran the ball eight times. When you have those type of weapons, you use them. We, yeah. know, we know what we have with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you know, yep. we know we have, I mean, apparently, uh, I, I, I think uh, Cortland Sutton turned into a ghost. Yeah, well, what's what's horrible in this game is that none of the receivers were hardly targeted at all until the last what few minutes of the fourth quarter. Like, hardly targeted at all when the game mattered. You know, and yeah. and this was this was the game. This was the game for me. I've been a big proponent. I've been a big supporter and defender of Teddy Bridgewater, but this was right, the game right. that he looked like. That check down guy, right? He, he looked and like I, check I down Teddy. And I don't know how much of that was by design and how much of that was him because he's obviously throughout this year, throughout the season, he's shown, excuse me, the propensities. Wow, what is happening? Uh, the propensity to throw the ball down the field at a much higher rate than, you know, generally we've come to know him as, you know, <laughs> prior to this year. And so I don't know what has happened in this game. I don't know if. I mean, the play calling was bad. I'm not blaming the play calling. The play calling was bad, though. And uh, Mike Shula, I mean, it's hard It's hard to put too much blame on him because, you know, he only had, what, a day and a half, two days to prepare, uh, knowing that he'd be the play caller. So it's kind of it's, – it's a little hard to put too much blame on him. But, man, it looked, it looked just like all the play calling from pre-Dallas Cowboys game. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it did, and it – there was there was a couple plays by Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll talk about the missed tackle or whatever later. But yeah, um, but there there was a couple like there was like there was the one to uh what uh to Tim Patrick um should have been a touchdown, but oh, overthrown he overthrown he floated the ball a just an an elite quarterback would have drilled that one in, like an Aaron Rodgers or something like that would have drilled that one in. That would have been a touchdown 100%. And then the one where... Uh, to the, well, the issue Devontae, was throwing it too high. That was the issue. Right. Yeah, just yeah. A, little, a little too much air on it. Yeah. And then the one to Javante Williams that went over his head, um, if he would have held on to the ball maybe one second longer, that would have been a 100% touchdown. Um, oh, yeah. The pressure, totally. The fresh... The pressure was coming in, and he, you know, he got rid of the ball, and it just, you know, kind of sailed. Yeah, and it was, and it was one of the situations where, you know, we've talked, you know, we we've talked a lot about we, you know, at times we feel like he holds the ball too long, and then finally he doesn't, and yeah, it just, you know, it goes right over the head. It goes right over the guy's head, and then so the one though, the one that I've seen him get a lot of flack about that I that I feel like you know I need to come in and defend him about because we're gonna drill him later. Oh, for sure. Uh, he's going to get – and oh, he's sure. gotten drilled enough from the Denver media, so I, I'll kind of give my thoughts on it and he's you give yours. But... By, he's getting drilled by all of media. 
Yeah, he's getting drilled. So, so we'll talk about that later. Uh, but the one, one, one play that I feel like I need to step in and defend him was that one that he just – it looked like he very, 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 very much overthrew Jerry Judy on the sideline. But the issue with yeah. that play was it wasn't an overthrow. It was a miscommunication. It was the, – the route that was called was an out and up, right? So right, yeah. you start running vertically, then you cut out – and then you cut up again and run vertically again. So the whole goal, the whole idea of that, the reason you call that route is because you want to beat your guy deep, right? So you get him to bite on the out and then you go up. True. Here's what happened. If you go, if you go, go anyone can watch this on game pass. Here's what happened. Jerry Judy had his guy beat before he cut out. So, yeah. So Teddy Bridgewater, he sees that. So he's just like, screw it. I'm going to throw it now, thinking that Jerry Judy wasn't going to feel the need to cut out and up when he already had his man beat. But then yep. as he's throwing it, Jerry Judy cuts out when he didn't have to and then did the out and up. So, you know, there, there's situational awareness there. Like there's Jerry Judy needs to know if he's, if you're running a route where the goal is to beat your guy deep and you've already beat him deep, there's no, there's no need to continue running the route. There's no need to finish that route. And that's what Teddy saw is he saw that he had his guy beat before finishing the out and up. So he just threw it. And then Jerry Judy would, did the out and up and that's that was so it was a miscommunication it wasn't that he's just that inaccurate of a throw it was a miscommunication now you could make the argument right. that teddy bridgewater should have let him finish the route you know some people could make that argument but then they'd also be complaining about him holding the ball too long um whereas yeah, i kind think of kind of damned if you do damn if you don't think exactly and i think the the issue the issue was the miscommunication not a bad throw it looked bad because of the miscommunication, but th- that I've, I've heard him get, you know, Oh man, he's overthrew that so badly. And I'm like, no, Jerry Judy shouldn't have cut, shouldn't have cut out and did an out and up when he already had his guy beat the whole role of that. The whole goal of that route is to beat your guy deep. So if you already beat him deep, screw the route. <laughs> it's, it's called a hot route. It's a hot read as a receiver. Yeah. You need to know how to read when you're already open. Yeah. Once you're open, start looking for the ball. Yeah, exactly. If you're especially open, if it doesn't matter Jerry what your route was. Especially if you're Jerry Judy, because nine times out of 10, he's going to be open anyway. Well, I think, you know, he's, he relies so much on his route running because he's so good at it that he felt like he had to finish the route. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we, I mean, I'm not, I don't know if that's exactly what his thinking was, but that's kind of what, if I were to give him the benefit of the doubt would be like, Hey, he relies on his route running. So he was going to run the route regardless where the quarterback sees, Hey, that guy's already got him beat. I could throw it now. And it's a touchdown. So he yeah, threw just, it now. Yeah. I just think, I think that it's, it's like two, it's two dudes that need to be on the same page. Like, you know, yeah. coming out of college, Jerry Judy was, you know, they're like, Oh, he's the best route runner since Marvin Harrison. And, uh, mm-hmm. well, I know, I know Teddy Bridgewater isn't, uh, Peyton Manning or anything, but no, of course not. I don't remember. Yeah, unfortunately, that, you know. <laughs> unfortunately for the history of our team recently, he's the best quarterback we've had since Peyton Manning. But that's a low bar, unfortunately. Actually, well, if you want to, I know this is this is under your gears, Steve. But actually, the best one is actually you say Simeon. Simeon. <laughs> yeah. No, I I do think Bridgewater's been better than Simeon. Simeon did show a lot in that first year, but as far as almost every stat, especially like the, the stats that you take out garbage time, if you take out yeah. garbage time stats, Teddy Bridgewater, I don't know this bat this he's last game. Better, he's got this was a QBR. bad game. This was a yeah. this was a bad game, but he was he was top you know, tops, you know, top three in the league, I think. Uh, when you took out garbage time and you know, certain of those weird kind of things that often mislead you know what i mean those things those stats that mislead yeah so so no i mean so i in my opinion i I don't think it's i it's hard to deny that he's been the best quarterback since we've had peyton manning the problem is 
that's just that's more of a statement of how bad our quarterback play has been than it uh, is how uh, good he's been. He's been I think he's been above average generally speaking, of course, you know, you know, the, the, I think the issue is you get a guy who's average or above average, you expect him to be average or above average every single game whereas the reality is it's the course of the season all those games bounce out to that. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean yeah, I mean that, you you have you have, I mean, guys have bad games. That's, that's just oh, the fact sure. of the matter. And people, every quarterback does. I mean, we were we were we were raving about Bridgewater last week, and now now yeah. everyone wants some cut. You know, right, yeah, we ben. were trash. We, we were trashing uh, Mahomes for the last three weeks, and then he's like, "Yeah, hold my beer." I'm yeah, back. we as and sports then- <laughs> fans, we're just we're just too knee jerk. Sports no, no, we fans were too knee jerk. We're we very knee jerk reactors. And that's and that's because we're emotionally tied to the teams, so we react emotionally, and so we knee jerk react every time. If if Teddy Bridgewater does good, like he did against Cowboys, we're like, oh man, this guy was great. Or those first three games, hey, let's sign him to a big extension. And then on the opposite, if he does poorly in a game, we're like, man, we need to go to Drew Locke. We need to you know bench this guy. Teddy sucks. You know whatever. You know it's like, and and it's not just Teddy. We've done that with every quarterback we've had, you know what I mean? And uh, we're just, you know, sports fans, not even just Denver fans, but sports fans are just too, too knee jerk in terms of the way they react to things. No. Yeah. We're, we're complete psychopaths. We are. We we, are. If we don't, if we don't get exactly what we want, we complain. Oh man. Yeah. 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 It's, it's what it is. It's like, Look, like, look, look at the Panthers right now. Look at the Panthers. They just signed their old quarterback, Cam Newton, back, right? How? And Darnold was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league before that. Yeah. And, the, and after trading away really Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> that, do you, I guarantee they wish they didn't trade away Teddy it's Bridgewater. Of it's because of knee jerk reactions, man. That's what it is. Now, I, 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 think, I think that they were kind of, you know, of the belief of most of the league that. Hey, Teddy's decent. Teddy's Teddy's a good quarterback, but we, we know he's not the franchise quarterback. So they were like, hey, let's take a stab at this guy who could be a franchise quarterback. And I, for me, when I looked at Darnold, I saw the same thing I saw with Locke. It's like, you keep saying, hey, he has the chance to be. It's like, no, they've he's already shown that he's not. Like, you could say a guy has a chance to be for 15 years. There's a point where he's just not, you know, and that's, I saw that with yeah. Darnold and, and uh, but I think that was their. I think they were kind of like, oh yeah, Teddy's you know average, good quarterback, whatever. But let's see if we can get a franchise guy. Not, I can't yeah. really fault them for trying to get a franchise guy, but we do fault them for who they thought was a franchise guy. <laughs> you know, and, and unfortunately, uh, and unfortunately, I feel I, I do actually feel terrible for Teddy Bridgewater because that you know that horrific injury, and then oh yeah. Oh man! I mean, he is going to end up being prop. Probably, he's never going to be anybody's franchise guy. I don't think bad for the guy because the well, guy's like I, I think the nicest dude on the planet. He is. He is. He really is. And it's hard to say. I, you know, it's hard to say why that is, like in terms of why he's not ever going to be a franchise quarterback. You know, obviously, it's kind of like what we're what, what I was just saying. You, you know, there comes a point in time where you just make it where you just decide. You know, as much as you may have thought a guy was could be a franchise guy at the beginning, there comes a point where you just kind of have to cut your slack. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's kind of been the case. That's kind of been the the case of Teddy Bridgewater. The the, the difference is with Teddy Bridgewater versus a Darnold or, in my opinion, Locke, is that Teddy Bridgewater is still, in my opinion, a good quarterback, a a, a serviceable starting quarterback who can get you average to above average play. But he's not a franchise quarterback, and he has to have a team that does well around him, including a coaching staff that does well around him. In order to yeah. excel, he's not Aaron Rodgers or, Pey- or or Patrick Mahomes or or even Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Peyton Man, wh- who you know, pick your 
your John Elway, your franchise quarterback, he's not one of those guys that thrives despite what's going on around him, right? He's good if everything is going well around him, where those guys are good regardless. You know what I mean? And that's 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 one of the biggest differences. And that's why that's why he hasn't been a franchise quarterback. It's not because he's terrible when he plays, it's because he doesn't he doesn't just explode and thrive regardless of what's going on around him. Exactly. That's why I always said that, it, you know, when, you know, when we we're searching for quarterbacks and everybody's like, Oh, we got to, you know, go after Josh Allen. Yeah. You know, yeah. He's, he's a great quarterback. Obviously mm-hmm. he's, he, oh, well, should be MVP. Who have had bad, season. who has had bad games <laughs> even this year. He's at, oh, no, yeah. well, his first two seasons, he looked like straight trash. Yeah, but even this year he's had bad games. That's why I'm just I'm just oh, saying yeah. that as a reminder because Teddy Bridgewater had a bad game, but, but our expectation was not that Teddy Bridgewater was going to be a, an amazing oh. quarterback. That was but never our expectation. So why do we hold him to that standard? Oh no, but what I was going to say about that. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. We if if we would have if we would have actually drafted Josh Allen, we would have destroyed that dude's career. Yeah, like, our coaching staff doesn't know what they're doing. They're, yeah, it, and, it, and it comes and and I sorry, Kevin, it comes from John Elway. Well, Joe Ellis technically, but it just comes down like it's just like, dude, you got you got to you got to find an owner. You got to get rid of these people. I mean, get out, get get rid of the fossils. Just get Joe Ellis leave. Yeah. Elway leave. Just sell cars. Elway. Just sell cars, and do your do your uh, restaurant business. Well, he looks like he's done after this year. Oh, oh no, he yeah, I think I think I think he's uh, I think he he uh, pulled out. Of, so he he resigned from the the competition committee. Yeah, uh, I knew that. So it, it definitely looks be done with the franchise as far as oh, yeah. as staff, you know, on staff. And and I, I know you said sorry, Kevin, because we all know you know Kevin's a Elway fan, and we're certainly an Elway fan as a player. Oh, no, we love Elway, but just but not. You say sorry, Kevin, but honestly, Kevin's the one who brings up the point of the leadership. You know, not leadership Very as true. a perspective, but leadership at the top of the organization. He brings that up more than either of us, so it's it's more to his point um, because you don't you don't have you don't have an owner that's in the press box getting embarrassed when his team is getting embarrassed. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Getting embarrassed in the press box. He's going to say fire the coaches, but there's no one at the top to hold these guys accountable. There's no accountability because there's no one at the top that cares. Even so weird. Even Ellis, I'm not saying Ellis has done a horrible job, but he's not passionate about football. That's not his role. That's not why he's with the Broncos organization. <clears throat> so we don't have anyone at the top that is truly passionate and cares about football that has a say. Now, John Elway, he obviously cares about football. Um, oh, and he's, but, but he promoted himself to, to not do anything, essentially. You know what I mean? To not get any <laughs> more blame. So he's not going to be the decision maker on any of these moves. And so, and no one's on George Payton's throat saying, hey, fire this coach because it's not working. No, there's no one on him doing that. There's no owner. <clears throat> so it, it, it's, it starts at the top. And, and you're right. I think if we had drafted Josh Allen, we would have destroyed him probably. Um, at least with the coaching staff that we've had in place, you know, um, I think we would have destroyed. Cause him. I think because I think that would have been that would have been Vance Joseph. Would it? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, two thousand night. Maybe no. it might have been his Vance Joseph last year. Maybe I just yeah. can't remember. Either way, it was. John or not John Elway, but uh, Vance Joseph, if it was under him, and I'm just drawing a blank on the year, but if it was Vance Joseph, he was on his way out the door anyway. Um, hmm. And we yeah, definitely know, but we definitely, we, we don't think that Vance Joseph would have done any better for if, if we, the hypothetical Josh Allen 
uh, in Denver. We don't think he would have been done any better than Vic Fangio. So Vic Fangio probably still would have ended up here, you know, just like he oh, did. A hundred percent. I think, well, I think, yeah, well, I, why well, actually I do know, uh, yeah, the, the year that we passed on Josh Allen is when we got Bradley Chubb. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. we got Chubb number five overall. Five. Yep. <clears throat> yep. I think, I think Allen went seven or eight. Seven, I believe. If I'm not mistaken. Um, and, and yeah, no, <clears throat> I don't know that we would have. Yeah. I don't know that we, we would have been able to develop him into what he has become, but even him, you know, even him MVP caliber quarterback, bad games every now and again. So, but let's get to, let's get to, you know, we, we, we can't keep this too long. Let's get to this, this take on Teddy Bridgewater embarrassed himself. Let's just say that. Um, he embarrassed himself, went out there, faked, I guess, faked, head faked a uh, tackle on that Melvin Gordon fumble, which we'll get to the Melvin Gordon aspect of it in a minute. Um, yeah, the Melvin Gordon fumble. And he kind of like head faked Again. like he was going to tackle and then just kind of stepped out of the way. Uh, and everyone's, everyone's, everyone's just destroying him. I mean, bench him. I mean, you're getting borderline calls for his head. Saying no matter yeah. what he does and that for the rest of the year, uh, you know, whatever. I think. Well, let me hear your your thoughts. Let me hear your thoughts. Well, he's getting the he's getting the Cam Newton treatment right now. He's getting mm-hmm. the Cam Newton 2015 Super Bowl where we won, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll give it. He's getting a lot. He he's getting a lot of trash for it. But I will yeah. give it I will give it to Teddy Bridgewater that he did step up yesterday and, and met today. the media. Yeah, and met the media. And you don't usually meet the media on your bye week. Never. Yeah. It's virtually unheard so he, of. Virtually unheard of. And he was like, look, my fault. <laughs> I gotta do better on that stuff. And I I, I gotta because I mean I mean they were they were trashing him up and down. I mean from uh, ESPN NFL network, calling uh calling Cowherd, everybody just going after him. I mean, obviously 104 three the fan just mm-hmm. destroying them. And and they're they're pretty they're pretty bi- they're not biased on him, but you know, like Mark Shrela likes he likes Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but yeah. even he was like, man, really? You couldn't? Because th- th- when it came out, when, when it first came out, you know, he said, he's like, oh, I was trying to drive the guy away from the sideline so somebody else could make the tackle. Force him inside, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, that's not the play that I saw. You literally, like, you were, like, literally <laughs> almost going to go for the tackle, and you're like, nope, I'm not going to go for that thing. And it could be, you know, I mean, the guy did have a horrific, horrific injury, and that could still be in the back of his head. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, no, I I agree. So here's the thing with Teddy Bridgewater on this play. <clears throat> he did wrong. I mean, that's kind of the, the short of it. it. He did wrong. He made the wrong choice. Um, <clears throat> was it the right choice for the longevity of his career, maybe, but wrong choice in the moment. Now, here's the thing. You're right. He had that horrid, horrid injury. Um, and so, and now people are questioning his toughness. And I'm like, dude, did you see what he came back from? Um, so I don't necessarily question his toughness that much. Um, but that was the wrong decision. I mean, and he, and he you know, this, this is the thing. It's, he owns it. <laughs> this is, you know, to his, like you said, to his point. He owned it today. He met with the media when he didn't have to no. on their bye week and faced the music two days in a row. I believe it was two days in a row. Yep. He faced the music and he admitted it and he owned it. And he didn't deflect to anybody. He didn't blame anyone else. He didn't – I mean, again, a, a good leader doesn't – now here's, here, here's, the, here's where I'm going to start kind of – I guess in a way playing both sides of the fence because 
I think that I think this I think that should be done. One side of the fence has been played out, and I see that side, and I kind of you know to a degree lean on that side, but I also see the other side now. A good leader is not a, is not a guy who never makes a mistake. It's a guy who owns the mistake, right? Sure. You know, and so and I saw that with Teddy Bridgewater. He showed poor leadership by not making an effort on that play. By not making an effort on that play. But he showed good leadership by showing I made a mistake and I'm going to own it like I should. I'm not going right. to deflect it. I'm not going to – I hey, I had my bye week. I could have waited until next week to deal with this. I could have – whatever. He didn't have to do what he did. He owned it like a man. And that's a good sure. leader even though he, he was in response to <laughs> a play that was showed bad <laughs> leadership. So it's like yeah. – it's kind of like this two sides of the fence, right? Um, now, again, there's no way around it. If you're on the if you're in the field of play on that play and you have an opportunity to at least show some effort, right? Now you don't have to spear tackle this guy, but like show some effort that you're trying to make a play or trying to slow the guy down at least. You have to do that. If you if you have the opportunity, you have to do that because you're on the yep. field with your team and that offensive line, their job every day is to get down and dirty every single day to protect you. And then they see you give up on a play. Yep. And they're like, you know, they could be, they could be like, uh, I don't know about that. And I think, yeah. I think there's probably going to be a little bit of both inside the locker room. There's probably be some guys who are like, Hey, no big deal. He's got to protect himself. He's a starting quarterback. And there's going to be other people who, you know, who, you know, those, the first group that thinks, Hey, social media is just blowing something out of proportion. There's also going to be those who are like, Hey, we're, we're bleeding and dying out there with you to make an effort. So you should do the same, you know, so there's going to be, I think both in the locker room, but <clears throat> you know, like to, to your point, I think there could have been this a little bit of a fear of injury because <clears throat> because of what he went through and because honestly he had borderline a whole ass team just coming at him at full speed with a 20 yard head start um and he's just kind of standing so I mean he even if he had tried he probably would have gotten injured on that play like let's you just be real that. if he had actually thrown yeah. himself into the guy he probably gets taken out um, but he, he, I, I say do something, something, and maybe he panicked. I don't know. Maybe, he, but do something. And that's why, and, and you know, he's saying like, this is the worst thing I've ever done as far as football career. The worst, worst, worst thing I could have done. It's more embarrassing than any interception or any fumble or any bad play he's ever made. He said, this is, this is the one, this is the most embarrassing. This is the worst, the hardest to watch because he, because he did not make an effort, not because he made a bad play, but because he didn't make an effort when the effort, when the opportunity for the effort was there. But I also think this, I also think that again, fans, media, social media, whatever, we blow everything out of proportion. We blow everything out of proportion. People are saying this is going to define his career. And I'm like, this is ridiculous that you guys are taking this this far. He made a mistake on a play where he lacked effort, but you guess guess who else did that this year? Cortland Sutton, Sutton. a captain. He walked off a field when he walked off the field after a pick during a pick. Yeah, on the exact same play, you had Broncos players walking off the field. On the exact same play that Teddy Bridgewater did this, committed this crime, on the exact same play, you had people giving up. I mean, the it's just insane because, again, he's a quarterback. He's always going to get more of the thing. And uh, as a quarterback, you do carry the leadership. You do carry that that mantra on you. You do carry that. But, right. I, but man, do we have such – a knee jerk community in the sports world. They, oh, oh yeah, now that, this guy's career is over because he didn't make an effort on that play. 
Give me a damn break. Whoa. We've seen yeah. quarterbacks give up on plays before when they've when they, they, there's been a turnover or something. This is not the first time. It's just because he was so close to the ball. Yeah, it, it, it's people like like Rex Ryan and stuff like that. I was like, when he was saying, he was like, when he would, he actually said, oh, I would have benched his ass. Yeah, screw hey, you, Rex Ryan. Hey, weren't you the guy that had the infamous butt fumble as a coach? Yeah. Like, come on, you you can't you can't you know what you you know what the NFL did to you, Rex Ryan? They benched your ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't see I don't see anybody knocking on your door to be a head coach anymore. Or even be a defensive coordinator, and that's what you were good at. So like yeah, you know, I, like, I God, I'll be like, dude, dude, just shut your mouth. You just shut your mouth on that stuff, dude. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is our franchise quarterback, obviously, but but we didn't think that before this play. Don't just. I mean, yeah, it was a it was a terrible play. We all, it everybody, was. Broncos country, we all know. Nobody's denying that. Nobody's and and he is owning it like he should. Nobody's saying it's a yeah, it's it was a bad decision, a bad play, and it lacked effort. But man, I I see players every week on this field lacking effort. I see Broncos players lacking effort every damn week, with the exception of the Cowboys game. I mean, go back and rewatch the Cleveland Brown game and tell me that anyone on that damn team was playing hard. Like it's just they got beat it's by the not JV the team. They got beat by they got the beat JV. by the C team. Yeah, they, they can't even <sighs> act like they can't. It's a even double act standard like... because he's a quarterback. It's a double standard. That's what it is. Now again, there is. I'm by no means defending his decision not to make an effort. At least, at least make it look like you're making an effort. Throw yourself on the ground in front of him, like uh, yeah, you know, or just turn and run with him. Just turn and try to run with him. You know, you're going to get outran by him. Like turn and try or, to run with him. Whatever. Or at least trip, yeah, trip over your own feet. Have like the turf yeah. monster hit you, up, dude. <laughs> yeah, have like something. A, no, I, but have an Eric Decker moment, dude. Just where you just yeah. fall down for no reason. Daniel Jones. Um. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I. I. <laughs> Yeah, no. So, so, so don't. So, you know, listeners, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. Nah, By no means am yeah. I trying to indicate or say, hey, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater is defensible in that play, and he should have. He, he's fine. He he did what he's. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he made a wrong play, and there's no way around that. He made a bad decision on that play, and he needs to own up to it, which he is doing. But yeah. man. We are overreacting if we're going to say that that one play on a Melvin Gordon fumble is going to destroy his career or say that his his career is over or his even season is over. Like, it's just ridiculous to me how how much we overreact about the dumbest things. This is now again, I'm not trying to say you need if you're on that field, you need to be making effort until the play is over. I'm there with you. But man, we cannot, dude. You watch every play from any from any player in the NFL. Watch every play from any player in the NFL. You'll see them quit sometimes. Oh, for sure, all of them, and, all yeah, of them, yeah, every damn one yeah. of them. But they're not all got the camera on them at all times like the quarterback does. If there's anybody's ass that I'm benching, it's Melvin Gordon. The guy who's fumbled it. He's tried to give look, he tried to give away the win in Washington, and then he successfully gave away the win. This now again, people are gonna blame Teddy for not hopefully making the tackle there. But that was fourth and one. First of all, why the hell is Melvin Gordon running the ball when we have Javante Williams? Why is the guy with fumbling issues running the ball over the guy who breaks every tackle? Like oh my gosh. Coaching. It's maddening. Coaching it, it literally it, it, I was watching the game and I knew exactly what they were going to do before they did it. Oh, I didn't I know like, they were going to fumble. <laughs> well, no, yeah, I didn't know they were going to fumble, but I knew they were going to run it <laughs> with Gordon. And I'm like... Needed to be Williams. If they are going to run it, it needed to be Williams. 
Dude, I would rather. I would. Too. You, I would I mean, rather. I would rather have Teddy Bridgewater run the damn ball. <laughs> then, then we don't go, see him fumble it to any large degree. What, 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 what's this? What's this? With the third fumble this season this year? What? At least Melvin Gordon. I mean, but this is this is the thing with Melvin Gordon. Is this has been an issue for his whole career? I was saying it last year. I was saying it when we signed him. I, I, I've been saying this. I mean, and not just me. I'm not just trying to give myself credit. Like it's just a known fact. Like Melvin Gordon has a history of fumbling, especially in big moments. He did it in Washington and almost blew the game there. Now, so did Williams, even though it was recovered. <clears throat> But he sure, did. But that was. But only one. Fumble. But that was the first. Yeah. That that's not. That's not a history of fumbling. That's one fumble. Gordon yeah, has a history he, of it. He did it against Washington, and then he did it again this week on fourth and one. He's he's running in the middle of the tackles with one hand in front of him instead of covering the damn ball. Like how long you play the sport of football before you realize you need to cover the ball when you're running through a crowd, like. I learned that year one of playing running back in middle school. Like, how long does it take to know that when you're in the middle of a bunch of bodies, you cover the damn ball? Dude, he's been having that problem since he was in Wisconsin. What just... and The guy just never figured it out. It just... And people keep paying him. Yeah. Us. People keep paying him. Even the, I mean, I talked to Chargers <laughs> fans. They're like, "Yeah, we got, we were glad we got rid of him." I talked yeah, to a Chargers they, fan like two weeks ago. They're like, "God, we're glad to be rid of him." Yeah, because Austin Eckler doesn't do that. <laughs> exactly, and he's a better running back. <laughs> yeah, in every way. The one thing that Melvin Gordon can do, and I wish they would, I wish they would just, I wish a. Somebody in the Broncos organization, one of the coaches would just go talk to Sean Payton and be like, how do you use two running back systems? Or even, what's the kitchen? Freddie, what, uh, Stefanski, Cleveland? Well, yeah, that's <laughs> when, that's, that's when they're not half their, uh, yeah, they're all half dead because they're, <laughs> they're so injured. They run it <laughs> 48 times a game each. Yeah. Hey, but it works. It does. Well, yeah, yeah. It does. But, that's yeah, what, we, that's what our game plan should be, dude. But you had, but you, you had to look at, you had, when you had, um, when you had, um, Camara and, uh, Ingram, Ingram was the bruising back. Camara was the pass catcher. You have the same type of backs on this team. Melvin Gordon, pass catcher. Javante Williams, bruising running back. I mean, you have this. You, you have. You have the players. I, I see what you're saying. I yeah. I, and the thing, and thing that, Melvin Gordon, and that, Melvin, and then that opens up, and then that opens up all the wide receivers. Yeah, it opens up everything, but <clears throat> everything. Pat Shermer, and Melvin, I'm pretty sure he's got. I think he's autistic. Well, hold on, slow down. <laughs> he would probably be. I mean, think about think about them as they're I, just I, ultra focused, man. They they'd probably be much better I, at this. Than actually, anybody. if he was autistic, yeah. Actually, if he was autistic, we'd probably be winning games. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I I. Uh, Melvin Gordon, like it's like I, he does occasionally get good runs. I'm not like he does sometimes get good runs and sometimes he looks good, breaks tackle. You know, I'm not like I'm not trying to take that away from him, but he's never been the guy that people like the perception. But the first round pick, he's the first round pick mentality, and so everyone views him as that because he scores touchdowns. But he, he fumbles it so much, never breaks a thousand yards, like. He just – and you can't you, – I'm sorry. You just I don't care what position you play. You cannot fumble the ball consistently and continue to get paid. But Melvin Gordon's the one guy doing it. Like, <clears throat> I just – anyways, I we got to move on from that. They should put I, Daniel uh, Jones and him on the same team. Oh, man. It would be an embarrassment. Just see, just see how many 
how many fumbles you guys going to crew in a in a month? Yeah, and and here's the thing: is that fumble happened when we had gotten the momentum coming out of halftime? Oh. We had just scored a touchdown. Okay, we just yep, scored a touchdown. Our defense was playing great in the second half up to that point. Is you know a quarter. You know, had been playing great up until that point in the second half. Just got so we scored a touchdown. Then Justin Simmons gets an interception. And do you know what Mike Shula calls on first and 10? Remind me. Empty backfield. No threat of the run. Calls three consecutive pass plays. Then a fourth and one, a fumble. Why on earth on this team? I get it if you got Tom Brady or someone like that. But why on earth with Javante Williams and the way our running game looked in Dallas and the way our run game looked at times in this game, why on earth would you ever do first and 10 with an M and just telegraph to the defense, we're not running on this play? Why? I mean, Doesn't you got to look. Sense. It doesn't make any sense. You got. I mean, you got to look at it this way. <laughs> we got. Me. We we got it. We got a coaching staff of like all failed head coaches. Yeah, Mike Shula failed at Alabama. <laughs> That's why he was replaced. Uh, yeah, Pat Vic, Shermer. Vic, Pat Shermer failed Browns and New York. Uh, Vic Fangio had been in the league for almost a hundred years, and then John was <laughs> like, "I'll give you a job, I guess." It's like, all right, if you're such a, if you're such a, if you have such a brain for the NFL, why have you been in the league for so long and nobody's ever offered you a head coaching job? Because he doesn't you know, know how to be a leader of men. It's, you know why? Because you were perfect on this. The thing you said. In our little chat, we do little chats for the listeners out there. We do little yeah, chats group chat. on group me. Yeah, we do group me chats. And when Vic Fangio loses, he blames the players. Mm-hmm. Oh no, we had oh we had a great game plan. They just didn't execute. Oh, but when we beat the or Cowboys, blames other coaches. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's a he's a moron. And then and then when we beat Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I drew up like the best play calling of all time. I'm like, wow, you're I'm that look, guy. Yeah, I'm gonna look this this quote, and this is because I I posted this on. It was a quote from Vic Fangio, um, last week after the win, great win over the over the Cowboys, right? Yeah. Uh, I posted this after that win. Uh, this is, this is what he said. This was, this was Fangio's quote. He said, I just felt we had the right stuff to give ourselves a chance. We just had to do is listen to this part. We just had to do it the right way. Call it the right way, which I'm in charge of. So, you know, that's going to be taken care of. (laughs) Are you serious? This guy's head is the size of like an air balloon, dude. But yeah, but but uh, so you beat <laughs> so you beat the Cowboys. What a loser! Yeah, what a bum! You beat the cow- just stick to making pasta, dude. Like you beat the Cowboys, but then you go against a three and six Eagles team, which they do play pretty good defense. I'll give them that. They play pretty good defense. Their offense is basically trash. And you just go out there and you literally crap the bed. And you've crapped the bed how many times? You beat what you've beat one team. You beat one team this year. You beat the Cowboys. You didn't you didn't beat the other teams. They're they're just not teams in their own right. You've beat one team. And the funniest thing that I heard is it's not really that funny. It sucks, but it's like we're we're five and five, right? So we're tied with everybody else but the Kansas City Chiefs. But we might as well just 
be one and seven. I mean, because you got to think, we go through bye week, then we play the Chargers, and the Chargers have been going on like a downward slide a little bit. But the way we play against, you know, the Browns and the Eagles and the Raiders, I mean, look at the look what happened to Raiders last week. I mean, they got murdered. I don't think, I mean, we come out of this bye week, play the Chargers, play the Chiefs right after it. And I think, what is it, the next five of our seven games are against divisional opponents anyways? Yikes. Yikes, indeed. Uh, yeah, I think the next, the other two games uh, that are not, <clears throat> not divisional are the Bengals and the, the Lions for sure. And I think the Bengals is the other one because we did play, we played the Ravens, we played the Steelers. So, it's, yeah, I think we're playing that division so yeah the Bengals. oh and we'll play the browns so yeah so it'd be the Bengals and the lions are the ones that are non-divisional opponents <laughs> anyways but yeah and that kind of goes back to what i was just saying like so i trust our players a lot more than i trust our coaches i trust our players a lot more than i trust our coaches the sure. the fact that we were in a situation i mean okay this goes back to what i was just saying about why on earth were we on on an why did we go empty backfield on a first and 10 so I, first of all at, at any time in any game right i mean unless you're down by 15 when you know there's 2 minutes on the clock but yep. when the game's in reach why would we ever go with an empty backfield on first and 10 and just telegraph to the the defense that we are not running the ball that we are just not running the ball. And here's the thing is that is not, that was same thing. That was not an isolated thing. This is something this team has been doing all year long, going empty backfields on running downs and just removing the option or the threat of the run at all. Like just completely just saying, Hey defense, you don't have to worry about trying to stop the run at all. It's not happening. And that is a coaching thing. That is a play calling thing. And so, you know, and in addition, you know, so like I know you were just talking about, you may as well be one and seven, but, but we are five and five. Reality is that we are still within what a game or two of playoffs. Um, it's, it's nuts because it doesn't, it doesn't feel that way, but. I tr- that's a, the problem is I is I trust our players for the most- I do not trust our coaches I do not trust our co- get them ready every week and I do not trust them to execute a game plan I do not trust them to make good play calling consistently to get them enough wins now they did have good play calling against the Cowboys why didn't that carry over I don't know like I just I just it's 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 baffling Madden. to me. It's maddening. maddening. It's maddening. maddening. <laughs> it is. And so I, I I don't know, man. Like Melvin Gordon, you have to you have to hold on to that ball. But also offensive coaching staff, you cannot go empty backfield on first and ten when your team has a momentum and you're coming off of a off of an interception and you're on their side of the fifty yard line. Oh my gosh, at least at the very least run a play action which requires you to have a running back in the backfield and not go empty. They just go empty way too often. I mean, you you'd think they were Tom Brady the way, as much as they go empty, dude. It's just it doesn't make sense to me. I just don't understand. Like like Teddy's in my opinion, you know, decent quarterback. He's a he's been an average to above average quarterback. I think he's been yeah. slightly above average more often than not with some bad games as well. But I think overall he's been a slightly above average quarterback, which is better than what we, what we thought we were getting. And it just seems like this coaching staff just sabotages the team. Oh, they do. You saw, you saw what empty did to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 just it's like it's like a it's like a it's like an unwritten. I mean, I in, in my opinion, it should be like an unwritten law of football that like, dude, you don't ever, you don't ever go empty on first and ten unless you've got dude, dude. the best cornerback in history. Yeah, 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 yeah. You you never go you you never go full empty, dude. <laughs> you never go full empty. <laughs> you never go full empty. <laughs> no, no. Uh, not on first and ten. I uh, appreciate the reference. Definitely, but, definitely not um, on the first and ten, dude. Not on first and ten. Can't like Teddy Bridgewater, in my opinion, good good quarterback. Uh, he's gonna he's generally gonna play well, but but you got but if you put him in situations that are not gonna be you know helping him thrive then then he'll not you know again he's not as we said at the top of the show he's not a guy that's like to all the franchise greats and the all-time greats that can just elevate regardless of what's going on around him regardless of anything and just just dice up any defense at any time and go win a game like that's just not who he is he's a good quarterback when he has a good team and a good game game plan around him and you cannot sabotage it by going first and 10. And this is not just for Teddy's <laughs> sake. This is for any quarterback's sake, really, for the most part. You cannot go first and, first and 10 empty backfield, especially Man. when you are on their side of the 50 with mo- with momentum. I mean, un- unless you're like Aaron Rodgers or something like that. I mean, that's the only guy that. But that's what I, I'm. But the, that's what I'm just yeah, saying. That's what I was just saying. Like, friend, but he's, you know, he's an he's an anomaly, really. Talking like, about all time greats. I'm not talking about. I'm talking yeah. about when you don't have an all time great, which more often than thirty out of thirty two teams in the NFL at any given time don't have, have an all time great. No. You do You. I mean, even with guys who are franchise guys, you don't want to go first and ten empty very often. Like you do not want to remove the threat of running, like on first and ten, always, it just doesn't. You always want to stop. You, you always want to have the threat of the run. You always want to have like, hey, yeah. dude. You don't. You do. Go ahead. Plus having plus having like two running backs like we have, even and then though, we're running well the last two weeks. Yeah, running great, other than the fumble. Um, for that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the fumble was almost a result of that. Had they gone first and ten without an empty backfield, without telegraphing a pass, maybe they get a first down without even needing the fourth down. It, it it's almost kind of funny how we don't have jobs in the NFL. We can figure it out. Mm. Why can't these guys have been in the league for <clears throat> I don't know forty years figure it out? Because they they have an ego, right? And so they just they always think they're outsmarting everybody. They always think, oh, oh well, they're not going to see this coming. It's like, well, we are because you just took the running back out of the backfield, so now we can eliminate literally half the playbook. It's kind of funny over, with our half, over half of the playbook because there's not a lot of <laughs> plays you run out of empty formation. Yeah, with our with our oh, with our co- with with our with our coaching staff, uh, the only thing we don't see coming is a win. <laughs> That's why it's so surprising. It's tough. <laughs> um, <laughs> you guys actually did something right. Wow. Yeah. That's why. Uh... That's why that Cowboys game <sighs> is such an anomaly, dude. It was so like. Well, that was all. That was also because they were such a good team. I mean, look what they did this week, man. Apparently we pissed oh. them off, dude. And oh, got, yeah. it, oh, oh, we pissed the Cowboys off. For <laughs> sure, dude. We, like, we Moore <laughs> held nothing back from his play calling. Oh man, they. Uh, I don't want who, him to be our coach. Who did they beat? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, who the heck did they beat? Was it the Falcons? Oh, it was the Falcons. It was the Falcons. Was it for sure? Yeah. Okay, I, I I'll trust you. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, we pissed them off, dude. They and they came back. Uh, we didn't mean to set you up that way, Falcons. Yeah, because they're like, we, they're, we like they're like, wait, what? We lost to Vic Who? Fangio. 
Pat Shermer? I know we didn't lose to McMahon. Oh man, he still he still would have. You know the funniest thing is, <laughs> Vic the Vic Fangio came out and said, "Oh, we're still not going to fire this guy in the bye week." What does McMahon need to do to get fired? Does he have to kill his entire family? <laughs> you know about this Tom McMahon after getting the fl- the blocked punt or the blocked uh, field goal? Oh my god, it's too too it oh my god, this guy it's a weekly thing, dude. It's a weekly thing. Like it's a how, weekly dude, thing. Dude, I wouldn't hire him at Best Buy. Like what? <laughs> this guy should never have a job in his entire life. I'm not even talking about football. I'm talking about this guy should be blacklisted. <laughs> blacklisted from every job. They'd be like, what's your Tom McMahon. Oh, you're that Broncos. Oh, yeah, you definitely are a special coordinator. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this guy. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised his wife hasn't left him yet. <laughs> oh no we are going low oh no i'm not i'm not partaking i wash my hands i do this want him fired to, though that's for sure he, he needs to change his name immediately were you uh, originally had... to- were you tom mcmahon no no my name is sure? bill callahan that sounds bill callahan <laughs> It sounds Bryce kind of like, yeah. Are you Bryce? Well, are you are you Bryce? You are you know. related to Bryce? Uh, well, hey, we're on a bye week, so we don't have to make any predictions this week. Uh, Thank God. I mean, we, you know, I think. Hey, what I mean, could the Broncos lose their bye week? Well, they could. <laughs> could they actually lose their bye week? Yeah, if they you know if they practice, with this somebody staff, goes down with a nut, probably down, lose their bye week. Go down with another injury, you know, because you know we uh we love injuries. You know what? If 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 there's a if there's a sport if there's a, a betting line that has uh how many Broncos that, uh, are going to injure it in a week, <laughs> or just or just or just allows you to bet that the Broncos are going to lose their bye week somehow? I want to put money on it. I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna do oh, it. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'll, I'll take put that bet. on it. <laughs> I'll take that bet. <laughs> They'll still I'll figure a, out a way. I put a. I put a hundred bucks on it. Oh man, Broncos uh, lost anyways, the game. They lost. They, they lost the bye week. <laughs> like how? Uh, like how the hell did they do that? They'd be like, well, they had a rash of injuries. Be like, oh really? Oh, on on what side? Oh no, you remember the. The rest Drew of the offensive line. <laughs> yeah, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the off- the, the rest of the offensive line. Uh, they're all in a plane crash. Like, oh, oh my god. Yeah, we're Stop. good now. <laughs> you, I need to cut you off, dude. You're done, <laughs> dude. You're getting dark. <laughs> I'm telling you that <laughs> offensive line is like, what happened? Yeah, I do like miners yes. though. I do. I do like miners. Miners played well. I, I hey, we got to wrap this up, man. It's it's it, we're, yeah. we're going along every week now. Um, do you have anything else that you want to just wrap up with before we uh, before we hit the old dusty trail? Oh uh, well, you know, hopefully we win the bye week and nobody gets injured. That'd be great. That would be a win. Um, I would fire half the staff. Uh, which is not going to happen because Vic Fangio is not going to fire anybody because in retrospect, he needs to look out for his own job. So he's not going to be firing anybody. Um, I guess, I guess leading into, you know, week 12, or was it week, thir- was it week, thir- week 12, week 13 we play. I mean, it's, we're going into week 11. All right. So week so- 12. So we got to play the Chargers. Uh, That's, you know, you know, they've been up and down themselves like we have. Everybody in the AFC West 
you know, this was supposed to be such a great division, and we all look like a bunch of morons. It is competitive. It's um, not yeah, the way oh, yeah, we thought it, it was going to be. Yeah, it's competitive like the NFC East. Yeah, it's not that bad. They all have oh, yeah. records, bro. <laughs> yeah. Well, except for the uh, Cowboys. No, no, I'm talking about last year. Uh, oh, yeah. La- yeah, yeah, last when, year. Yeah, when Washington won that. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so. Who, yeah, who go- was the team that beat Tampa Bay this week? <laughs> Dude, I had a friend that went to that game and he was like, why of all the games that I have to go to, I got to play, we got to play Tampa, we got to play Tampa Bay. And I was like, hey, he's like 21 years old. He's a, he's a young kid. And I was like, hey, dude, at least you get to see Tom Brady play. I've never seen Tom Brady play. And uh, they beat the hell out of him. <laughs> So he, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, so you won. So but, you got to yeah, see but, him play, and you got to see a win. And you saw a win. I, that didn't happen. I, I assume often. he's a Washington fan. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a Washington fan. But uh, but other than that, you know, we really like. Uh, I don't know, dude. We have really got to step up and just be a better team. It's getting ridiculous now. Yeah, totally. I agree. Uh, and that's the thing. That's what I was saying. This is, I, think, I think our players can, but without coaching, uh, without the, the leadership of the coaching staff, without the coaching staff putting them in positions to succeed, I just don't see it happening because of, again, the coaching staff. I, I hate to put everything on the coaching staff, and I don't think it's everything's on them. But, but, I, but I do think we're a team that wins a lot of games with a good coaching staff. With the players that we have exactly as they are, I think we win a lot more games with a different coaching staff. So that's my take. Anyways, um, yeah, so uh, that's our thoughts for the week. Uh, unfortunately, a very rough week, and I was just apathetic completely for two days and just didn't want to even think about Broncos. Um, but, sure. uh, you know. It's 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 the way of fandom, I guess. I uh, I certainly hope that we can, uh, you know, obviously a lot of this, <laughs> again, talking <laughs> about the knee jerkiness of of us as fans, just fans in general. If they if they yep. if they beat the Chargers first place going into the uh, Chiefs game, then <laughs> we're gonna be on cloud nine again. So it's just gonna be it's a roller coaster as a sports fan. Every my everything that goes good or bad, we're we're all over the place. But, uh, anyways, from Ian, from our ghost Kevin, and from yep. myself, thank you for listening to D Bronx Podcast, and we'll talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you soon.